You're listening to the Matthew Sermon Series at Sojourn J-Town. In this series, we're following Jesus as He calls us to take on His yoke so that we might experience true flourishing. If you got a Bible, I'd love for you to stand with me. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in front of you. It'll also be on the screen. This is the last word, words of Jesus. Think about that Jesus just rose. He sent the two Marys to tell the disciples. And Matt, these are, this thing about Matthew's last words that Jesus looks at his best friends. And here's what he has to say. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Hear the word of the Lord. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to him, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. It's absolutely true and given to you in love. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you speak to us this morning. You show us something. You encourage us. You convict us. You comfort us in any of those areas in which we need it. Spirit, speak to us this morning, we ask, in, your, in the Son's beautiful name. Amen. You guys can be seated. So I like a, a good hangout and a trip better than anyone. I love hanging out with people. I love spending time with people. I love going places with people. But just to be honest, you're going to learn more about Pastor's Act today. How God has wired me, I have to be very strategic in who I go with and where I go and what I do. Here's what I mean. God has wired me in such a way that my batteries plummet when I do stuff with people. I know you're saying, Zach, I think you signed up for the wrong gig. Um, yeah, it's, it's, God has wired me in such a way, and you may be, this may be you, my batteries get drained by people. So I have to be very strategic, very uh, particular about what I do, how I do it, where I go. So I have vetting questions, very pointed questions I ask when somebody asks me to go somewhere with them. I ask, why are we going? This is a business trip? Am I, is there an itinerary to this trip? Is, is this going to be stressful? Is there going to be drama? Or is it going to be chill? Am I going to relax? Are my batteries going to get filled up? Why are we going? What are we going to be doing? We're going to go to the beach. We're going to be chilling. Are we going to be um, eating good food? Or are we going like on a business trip? We're in a lot of meetings, talking to a lot of people. And we're going to be around people. And there's going to be an agenda the whole time. That every hour of our vacation is going to be there. I'm out. Not for me. This is how I'm wired. Where are we going? Are we going to the mountains? If we're going to the mountains, you can love the mountains. I don't particularly love the mountains. On a beach, on water, on a boat, that's my love language. That's how my batteries get charged. If you love the mountains, good for you. Like, as God has wired us all very differently. Where are we going? We're we going to the park. I'm out. <laughs> and my wife says, yes, he's out. <laughs> if you love the park, talk to my wife because she might need somebody else to go to the park besides her husband. Um, 
If you, if you want to go on a walk, if you want to go to Thunder, not me, not for me. Big crowds, traffic, not me. Then the most important question I ask is, who else is going? It's the most important question to any trip or any event. You can say, Zach, you're being very particular. No, I am doing healthy living. This is healthy living. This is how a, a person um, is self-aware. So I ask, who's going? If, if my, my siblings and my parents and in-laws are going, I'm in, let's go. The Evans crew is going tomorrow. Let's do it. Let's do it tomorrow. Let's go wherever we want to go. If Uncle Billy for the family reunion is going, going to be sick that week. Not going to be able to make it. Who is going is matters. So what we see in this passage today is Jesus. Jesus is inviting us on a trip. He's inviting us to go somewhere with him. He expects your vetting questions. He's expecting you to ask questions. And here's what we see in this passage. Here's what we see. Jesus is offering you a front row seat to see him change the world. Jesus is offering you a front row seat. He's inviting you to a front row seat to see him change the world. He's going to use those four vetting questions to convince you to go. He's going to ask you, he's going to tell you why we're going, what we're going to be doing, where we're going to be going, and who else is going. He introduces that first off. Why should we go? Why should we go? Jesus has all authority. Why should we go? Jesus has all authority. Look at verse 16. And 11 disciples traveled to Galilee with a mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. These 11 disciples came to where the Marys told them to meet Jesus. They're coming across. They probably see Jesus afar by the sea. Some came worshiping. The text says some come doubting. And people smarter than me have told me that doubting may not be the best word to use here. The most likely word that Matthew's trying to convey to us is that some came hesitant. Why were they hesitant? Why would these disciples be coming hesitant to meet the risen king? Well, they just abandoned him. They just fled in fear. They didn't go to the tomb like Mary, the Marys did. They've they've just basically betrayed their king. And so some of them came awaiting their king. They came to meet their king. But some of them felt called to the principal's office. Coming, hanging their head in shame, worried about the discipline, or just feeling the guilt of wronging their savior. And what does Jesus do? He didn't address it at all. He simply invites them in. How does he invite them in? He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go. 
go. The reason for your going is not based on your story. The reason, disciple, you're going is not based on how much you've messed up or how great you are. Peter, the reason I'm inviting to go is not because of how great or how bad you are. Your reason, your foundation, your gasoline for going is that I have all authority. And how much authority did Jesus have? On heaven and on earth. The scope of Jesus's authority is everywhere. When I think of the heavens and the earth, I'm pretty sure that covers it all. Every ounce, every person, every government, every movement is ran and ruled by Jesus. And Jesus is saying to them, I just proved it. It seemed like these rulers ended our mission. I just proved to you, I have all authority. Caesar does not have all authority. Pilate does not have all authority. The people who put these nails in my hand do not have all authority. I rose from the grave to prove to you I have all authority. And this is the message of a central theme in the book of Matthew from, from Matthew 1 all the way to Matthew 28. Matthew is trying to press into us. Jesus has authority. He has authority over diseases. He has authority over demons. He has authority over sicknesses. He has authority over sin. He has authority to make a little bit of food, a lot of food. He has authority to forgive. He has authority over judgment. He has authority on when he's coming back. And yeah, last weekend, we celebrate the reality that Jesus has authority over death in its grave. Jesus' fuel for us and these disciples is that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. So why would these hesitant, fearful disciples go? Their king looked them in the eyes and told them to. He didn't just tell them to. He said, I'm going to take care of you as you go. As you encounter conflict, as you preach the gospel, as you help people follow Jesus, my authority reigns. That is why they went. So why did they go? Why should we go? Jesus has all authority. What are we going to be doing? What are we going to do? making disciples. Look back at verse 19. He says to them, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. Jesus calls these disciples to make more disciples. You are a disciple, now go reproduce yourself. Now go make more of what I've created in you. He calls us, this is the mission of Jesus, to make disciples. Before we go there, before we, before we understand how to make a disciple, we probably need to determine what is a disciple. What is a disciple? And here's the definition I want to offer you. A disciple is a person that has submitted their life to Jesus and his way of living. A disciple 
is a person that has submitted their life to Jesus and his way of living. How do we get that? Well, it seems like that's what we see in this text. It also seems like what we see in the life of Jesus. Follow me, do as I do. Submit to me and do as I've done. We see it in this passage. He tells us how to make disciples. He says, go, baptize, teach. In the original languages here, we see that making disciples is what's called an imperative, which means it's, it's a really strict command. And then these other words around it are what's called participial verbs. And anytime you see participial verbs around an imperative, it typically describes that imperative. Here's what I mean. Jesus is saying to the disciples, you make disciples by going, by baptizing, by teaching. You make disciples by going, baptizing, and teaching. He's giving us the scope and how, the sequence and how you make disciples. You go, you take the first step, you baptize, and you teach them. What do you teach them? Everything that I have commanded you. We baptize them because this is the first step in your journey of being a disciple. We see this in John the Baptist's ministry. He says, repent and be baptized. We see this in Jesus' ministry, that he was baptized and then he started his ministry. We see Jesus makes baptism not secondary, not optional, not this thing we do when we get to a certain season of life. Baptism is the starting line of being a disciple of Jesus. We see this in Acts. Peter preaches a big sermon. Many people come up to him and they say, what should we do? And he says two words, repent and be baptized. Repent, give your life to Jesus and be baptized. So baptism is your declaration that I have submitted my life to Jesus. Baptism is not, is not some additional thing. And it's not the affirmation that you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. Baptism is the declaration that you no longer belong to the world. You belong to the king. So maybe you're here and you've put baptism off. Maybe you're a student. Maybe you're an adult. You think baptism is saying I'll get to one day. Or maybe you're tempted to think that baptism is this thing I do when I become a mature disciple. Can I just tell you, none of these disciples were mature disciples. They all had messes. They all had mistakes. So if that's you, if you haven't been baptized, why not? If it's important enough to be in the last words of Jesus, can I encourage you to be baptized? I encourage you to take out that connect card that's sitting right in front of you. Get a pen and fill your information out and write baptism on there. If you don't listen to anything else I say for the rest of the sermon and you do that, I will be filled with joy. Here's why. Part of why we do ministry here is to help people follow Jesus and your first step is being baptized. Be baptized. Fill out that connect card, put it in the giving box in the back or take it to the start here sign. We wanna help you follow Jesus. And baptism is a significant place to start. Baptism is a way we submit, publicly declare our submission to Jesus. And teaching, 
is how we help people follow Jesus after they're baptized. He says, teach them all that I've commanded you. And these people did it. They went into the world and taught about Jesus. This is why we have epistles. This is why we have the gospels. Think about this. One of the men sitting under this declaration, one of the men looking Jesus in the eyes and him saying, go and make disciples, teach them everything I commanded you, is Matthew. So how does Matthew make disciples? Well, he says, I'm going to write this man's story. And I want the world for generations and generations and generations to hear about my king. So this is crazy to think about. We've been walking through the book of Matthew for several months. And as we've been doing it, you've been being discipled by Matthew. You reading Matthew is the fulfillment of him obeying the command of making disciples. This is why we teach the Bible regularly. We're leaving Matthew next week. We're starting the book of Titus. When we look at the beautiful church, because Jesus tells us to, Jesus tells us to teach the people. This is why in Acts 2, when the, the church has started, one of the first things they started doing is devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is why in the early church, they established pastors and teachers to equip the people for the work of the ministry. This is why we have a Bible. It's why we have 66 books to help us follow Jesus. If you want to follow Jesus and you want to make disciples, Jesus and his word have to be at your center. There is no Bible-less disciple. The Bible is the center point. Jesus is the center point of our formation in our discipleship. There are other things that help us, but this is the essential. So if you have relationships that you call discipleship, void of the Bible, they're relationships and they are good for you, but they are not discipleship. That's why we in our community groups and even some of the things our elders and staff are trying to think on is how do we help our people get more Bible and get more Jesus? Because Jesus, we're trying to obey Jesus' words. He tells us, teach. We're trying our best to fulfill that and obey that. How do we make disciples? We go, we baptize, and we teach. Where are we going to do this? Where are we going to do this? All nations. He says, go therefore and make disciples. Where? All nations. All nations. And when you hear this word, all nations, don't think geopolitical nations with borders and presidents. Think languages, ethnicities, peoples. Think cultures. According to the Joshua Project, there's over 17,300 people groups in the world today. 17,300 plus people groups today. That's tribes, that's languages, that's peoples. And Jesus has commanded us to reach them. The church, the disciples, to reach them. And they went about it. They obeyed Jesus' command. 
Think about this, guys. Don't read this passage as thinking, I got to go reach the nations out there, which you should. But your first inclination is to think that mission started there. This mission started in Galilee. Guess what? We are not in Galilee. That means me and you are Christians. Sojourn J-Town exists because they obeyed this commandment. And they took the gospel to every corner of the world. This is the mission of Jesus. Take the gospel everywhere. And this is why we support missionaries like Aaron and the Day family. This is why we will raise up more people within our body to go among us to take the gospel where it's not been named. Take Jesus where he has not been named. Take the gospel where churches aren't there. And our prayer is in the next couple of years that a family or a person be raised up among our church to take their bags, take their career, take their calling to a place that is in deep, deep need of the gospel. If that's you, we'd love to talk to you about that. But the call to make disciples among all nations isn't simply out there. All nations means everywhere. All nations includes Iraq, but it also includes your neighbor. All nations is all nations. All nations includes your kids. All nations includes this church. We're called everywhere. Our church is trying to be a, a church that reaches our city, our nation, and our world. Because that is where God has called us to go. All nations. So the biggest question is this one. Who else is going? We know why we're going. We know what we're going to be doing. We know where we're supposed to be going. But who else is going? Jesus. Who else is going? Jesus. Look at verse 20. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love that Matthew bookends his book with God with us. Matthew 1, we see the birth of Jesus and he calls him what? Emmanuel, God with us. And he ends it with, I will be with you always. The, Matthew starts with God with us and Matthew ends with God with us forever, which reminds us is that the goal of God is God with us. We say that again, the goal of God is God with us. He was with us in the garden. He was with us in the temple. He's with us in the scriptures. He's with us in Jesus. He's with us in the spirit. And one day he will be present with us forever. The goal of God is God with us. So as we go, Jesus is going with us. And here's a few sweet comforts my soul has found in this one simple verse. It's the one, we are not in this mission alone. Jesus is not asking us to go anywhere he is not willing to go. We are not in this mission alone. And here's what I found about discipleship. Anytime I try to help follow, people follow Jesus, I personally grow. Anytime I try to help people follow Jesus, I spiritually grow. And here, why, why is that? Because spiritual formation is our nearness to Jesus. 
Spiritual formation is our nearness to Jesus. So if Jesus is going as we go, then he's making us as we make disciples. As we make disciples, Jesus is making us. Jesus is a discipleship strategy is to form us. Man, it, it blows me away that Jesus loves us so much that a command to do something for him is also a command to be with him. That's grace. You're not a minion for Jesus. You're a friend. He's not calling his workers to go and make disciples. He's calling his brothers. The command to make disciples is a command to be near to Jesus. And that is a sweet comfort. Because as you grow, as you go, you also grow. You are not in this mission alone. And secondly, one day this mission will end. You're not in this mission alone, but one day this mission will end. He said, even to the end of the age, which means there's an end to the age. Let me tell you very directly, this mission will be hard. You'll have people betray you. You'll have people bail on you. Some people won't follow you. Some people won't hear you. Some will definitely reject you. God has called us to sacrifice our resources, our time, our energy. But that sacrifice is not in vain. One day, Jesus is going to crack the sky and he's going to judge the wicked. He's going to welcome the saints. And when he meets his disciple making disciples, when he meets the people that have been helping people follow Jesus, he's going to look at you and say, well done, it was worth it. Enter and the joy of your reward. One day this mission will end, but that also creates some urgency, right? That one day this mission will end. One day no disciples will be made. One day there will not be an option for somebody to follow Jesus because Jesus has judged the wicked. They give us the urgency to help people follow Jesus. Why are we going? Jesus is in control. He has all authority. What are we doing? Making disciples. Where are we doing it? All the nations. And who is going with us? Jesus. You might hear this and you think, Zach, that's pretty overwhelming. Not going to lie. Already sensing guilt in my own soul about how I have not made disciples. I haven't helped anybody follow Jesus. Zach, you don't know my story. You don't know how sinful I am. You don't know how bad I am in this. You don't know how little Bible I know. I should encourage you with three ways to start. Three ways to, to, that you can do this. First, your first step, become a disciple of Jesus. Become a disciple of Jesus. Some of you maybe have, have done the way of Jesus thing, but you've never submitted your life to Jesus. You know how Jesus is supposed to live and you try to live like that, but you've never submitted your life to the King. Today might be that day that you make Jesus the main character of your story, not yourself. That you bow your knee 
to Jesus. And you take the reign, the king, the crown off your head and you put it on Jesus. Jesus, you're in charge of my life. You tell me what to do. You are the authority that reigns over my life. And I believe you have my good in mind. Some of you, some of us, our first step is becoming a disciple of Jesus. Second encouragement is ask more helpful questions. Ask more helpful questions. When I engage with people around making disciples, I often hear, am I called? I often hear other questions related to this anxiety people feel about their, their making disciples or helping people follow Jesus. I just want to encourage you to ask better questions. Instead of asking, am I called? Ask, how am I called? This call to make disciples is not for the elite or the few. It's for everyone. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you are called. The Bible has no category, no category for a Christian that doesn't help other people follow Jesus. The Bible has no category for a follower of Jesus that doesn't help other people follow Jesus. Instead of asking, am I called? Ask, how am I called? Instead of asking, where am I called? Ask, where am I? Some of us need to ask maybe, where am I called? How am I called? What nation am I called to? What people group am I called to? But you definitely don't need to start there. That plane will not make you a disciple maker. I promise. Start with where you are. Who's your neighbor? Who are your kids? Who do you work next to? Who do you see in the coffee shop on a regular basis? Instead of asking, where am I called? Ask, where am I? Instead of asking, who am I called a disciple? Ask, who's around me? If Jesus has all authority, that means he's sovereign over every person and every detail of everything. That means your neighbor was appointed there by God to have a relationship with you. Your kids were given to you. Your coworkers were given to you. Your friends were given to you. They were all assigned to you by Jesus. Instead of asking, who am I called to help follow Jesus? Ask, who has God given me? Look around. That is who you're called to help follow Jesus. It's why as a church, we try to set you up well for that. When we invite you to to serve on Connect and especially serve on Sojourn Kids and Sojourn Students, We don't need bodies. We want to help you help others follow Jesus. So when you're teaching in a kid's classroom or you're leading a discussion in a student small group, you're not just doing the job, you're making disciples. And what if God used you on one Sunday or regular Sundays to help form kids and students to grow up in the ways of Jesus? You may be wondering, I don't know where to start. Well, maybe a good place for you to start is serve in one of those areas because this is a way, this is a way that you can make disciples. You can look somebody in the eye and see them following Jesus. You can look at a story and see how they're following Jesus. 
last encouragement is that you should believe that you can do this. You can do this. You may feel all the shame. You may feel all the inadequacies. You may feel like you don't know theology good enough. You may feel, like un, you may feel unexperienced. But can I present to you the men Jesus chose to do this? Shame-riddled, fear-controlled, inadequate, sinful people to create a mission, to do a mission. These disciples couldn't explain the Trinity because they haven't been explained, it hasn't been explained to them yet. They didn't have a New Testament because it hadn't been written yet. But these disciples changed the world. If they can do this, you can do this. You have the church with you. You have the Bible equipping you. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You have Jesus with you. You can do this. Believe that. Don't buy the lies of Satan and accusing you that you can't because if Jesus asked these disciples to do it, so can you. You can do this. Believe that. In my office, you'll find a bunch of pictures, mostly of my wife and my son, William. But you'll find other pictures as well. You'll find pictures you probably wouldn't recognize a lot of them. And these are pictures of people that God has given me the opportunity to sit on the front row seat of their change. These are people that God has given me the opportunity to help follow Jesus. And one of the reasons I have these pictures is because they're still some of my best friends. But it's also an encouragement when I see these faces, I remember that it works. When I see these faces, I get hope in my heart It works. On days that you feel like nobody's listening, on days where you feel like your efforts are just in vain, it works. So when I think about these faces, I think about stories of people coming to know Jesus. I think of stories of getting to baptize people. I think of stories of helping somebody fight the anger toward their dad for abandoning them, for abandoning him, him and his mom. I think about helping people navigate broken relationships and heartache, talking with somebody that believe in their self and their gifting and how they're following Jesus for the rest of their days, they can do this. And there is no greater reward. There's no greater reward than to make disciples, help somebody follow Jesus and them helping others follow Jesus. There's no greater reward. There's no greater joy than sitting with somebody and seeing the light bulb come on, seeing the sin being fought. And then years later, and they don't need you anymore because they're helping other people follow Jesus. There's no greater reward than to help people follow Jesus that constantly help people follow Jesus and they help people follow Jesus and they help people follow Jesus. That is the joy Jesus is inviting us to have. He's inviting you to a front row seat to see him change the world. So what if, what if we believed that investment in a few conversations, in a few coffee shops, in children's kids' rooms, 
in a relationship between a 40-year-old man and a teenager over comic books, or a group text between a married couple and two teenage girls simply about life, or that coffee you have with that coworker on a regular basis, or your regular conversations with your kids about Jesus all add up and all lead to generations and generations and generations of people following Jesus. Making disciples isn't necessarily sexy or cool. You don't get a lot of pats on the back. You don't get a lot of um, Instagram followers off of it. But if we believe in the method of Jesus, his investment in a few changed the entire world. Jesus didn't plant a single church, guys. Not one. He didn't plant one single church, but he invested in a few people that 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 now we exist as a church. So our hope is to gather people, yes, to worship, yes, to have ministries, yes, but our hope is to help people follow Jesus that will help people follow Jesus that will help people follow Jesus. And one day, one day, generations from now, We hand a church off to our kids and their grandkids and their grandkids of a legacy of people still following Jesus. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of tears. But boy, there's going to be a lot of joy. I pray God fills our baptistry, our small groups, our teaching environments, not for the purpose of gathering, but the purpose of fulfilling the greatest commission in all the world. The, the question now is for you. Will you accept Jesus's invitation? Will you accept his invitation to a front row seat to him changing the world? Let's pray. Hey, I'm Lyle Drury and the lead pastor at Sojourn Church, J-Town. Thanks for listening. We are here to reach people with the gospel, build them up as a church, and send them into the world to be a faithful, loving presence. For more sermons, info about our church, or ways you can support our ministry, visit sojournchurch.com slash J-Town.